Welcome to Cage Minds. I'm Micah Frankel, joined by the Tornado, Jesse Tafoya. May 1st, Uriah Faber's A1 Combat 1. The main event is going to see our guest in a flyweight title fight against Jack Duffy. Sir, how's it going? Hey, it's going good, bro. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm excited for you. I mean, back-to-back title fights. Before we even get into this what's upcoming here in a couple days let's go back a couple weeks uh, and you 13 second tko i mean i know that that's been a big goal of yours is a quick finish and it came for a title fight let's go back to how that felt yeah that was a blessing that was uh one of the best i've ever felt in the cage firepower flyweight title fight was it just me or did that seem like a really small cage it was a super small cage. No, yeah, you take two steps forward and you got to engage. Oh, man, so that's that's where the firefight, that's, I guess, where they came from, their moniker. So you knew right away as soon as you saw that you were going to have to start throwing as soon as the whistle went? Yeah, yeah, I like that, actually. Um, gets all the hoopla out of the way, you know what I'm saying? Let's get to fighting. Couple combinations, a spinning back fist. How long had you been working on that spinning back fist? Um, I mean, I got my nickname, the tornado from my mom, because I love spinning. I always have since I was like little in Kung Fu. So uh, yeah, spinning is something I'm very comfortable with. It's pretty natural. So I don't know. It, uh, I've been working on it for years, but it really worked out well that time. What What's the feeling like as the refs, you know, getting in between you and you collect that first professional title belt? Um, the feeling was almost indescribable Yeah, because I threw the back fist. I wasn't expecting him to fall. And I was like, oh, shit, he fell. <laughs> you know. So then I go in and I finish it and the ref pulls me off. And that's that's one of the most beautiful moments right there when it right when the fight ends. And it's like really just setting in like I just won this. Like, yeah, that's a beautiful moment. How big of an accomplishment did that feel in that moment when it's getting wrapped around your waist that that you've collected a title now as a professional? That was amazing, yeah. Um, The whole lead-up, the whole – even now, I don't – it sounds interesting, but I don't so much care about the title. I just want to prove myself as a martial artist and beat these guys that I know that I can beat. And that had been an issue in my past, so – now that I'm really locked in and getting things done correctly, then uh, that's the part that I'm most proud of. We saw you highly successful throughout your amateur career. What had to be adjusted, corrected for you to get back in that same mentality that you've now found over this three-fight winning streak? Um, a lot of it was just growing up. Um, everybody who's been watching me fight since I was a young young dude has literally watched me grow up in this sport and I feel like I'm really uh coming into my own as a man I'm getting closer and closer to my physical prime uh I moved into the gym about a year ago I live upstairs at the gym in an apartment now and uh that's done wonders for my focus and my training because I can train whenever I want you know and uh yeah I'd say those are some of the main things now, I know some guys, they felt they needed to 
live outside of the dorms, get an apartment somewhere else, get away from it because it was too constant thinking about the fight game all the time. It seems that you've been the opposite. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm the opposite. I actually, uh, I thrive when I dive into like obsession like that. You know what I'm saying? Like I have to be fully surrounded by it. all my all my influences, all my subconscious influences are moving me towards my goal. Talk about all the good vibes and all the good performances. We've even seen you uh, on Grapple Fest here locally, and you've went back to these quick submissions, and, and there's just been a different bravado about you when you've stepped on the mat and confidence in Grapple Fest. Yeah, yeah, I think that's just all around. Um, I've grown a lot mentally in this last year. I've been through a lot, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I feel like it's all culminating into where I'm at and where I'm headed now. So I'm using all my experience. I'm learning all my lessons and I'm applying them. And that's what people are seeing. I know some of these lessons have been hard. What do you felt have been some of the most important ones that you had to learn that you weren't so happy about? I'd say a lot all the time, the hardest lessons that you'll learn aren't, aren't in the cage, you know what I'm saying? It's in life. So, um, that's really where I've taken, I don't really want to talk about it too much, but yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like over the last couple of years, it's been a hard time for me. So, uh, now I feel like I've done the things I've moved myself around the people that I need to, I've gotten everything, uh, situated in a way that works for me. And, um, it's my time, bro. That's just the bottom line. Now, you've been looking great. It's a big-time fight. You get a call for a main event on Fight Pass on mm -hmm. Uriah Faber's show. Uh, first off, I want to ask you, as a smaller guy, as a smaller fighter, did you look as at Uriah Faber as an inspiration as you were coming up? Of course, yeah. One of, my, one of the first fights I ever saw, like, ever in my life, was uh, Uriah Faber versus Jamie Varner. That was like one of the first, and I was like, these guys are insane, you know, <laughs> like, uh, it's, it's very interesting. And it's a blessing being able to fight for Uriah Faber's promotion because I have looked up to him for so long. He's been such a big figure in this sport. He's changed so much about the landscape of this sport. It really is an honor. Uh, have you met him before? I believe I've shaken his hand before. We haven't really like met, met yet. Um, I saw him at the last event, and then I fought one of his alpha male guys like a few years ago as an amateur. Um, so, yeah, we haven't had a conversation, I don't believe. I held the door open for him at Park MGM one night, but that was about it. That type of thing. Yeah, that's probably the extent yeah. of our fucking relationship. <laughs> but I know getting a fight is cool, but when you see that on the contract or that from the agent, is that a little cool? Or this is your Aya Faber show. That's, that's, does that add just like a little, ooh, that's cool moment? That's great. Yeah. Um, that Uriah Faber clearly has a lot of very good connections. So him uh, being part of this show now is uh, it's a really big deal because now it's exclusively on Fight Pass. Um, my last fight was a main event for the title. So that hasn't changed. You know what I'm saying? But uh, the viewers have changed. This is going to be at a sold out venue um, on Fight Pass. Yeah, it's going to be lit. Right. That, that's kind of cool that you 
have got yourself now with this win streak and to that point, you're getting the exposure that you desire to get the eyes on you to get where you want to go. Yeah, man. I've been working for a long time. I feel like I'm getting what I deserve now. And as we talk about the work that you've been putting in for a long time, uh, have you felt that there's been a specific theme or trend to this training camp? My opponent has just been specifically tailored towards him. That's the overall trend. Yeah, I mean, I'm always trying to get better at everything, trying to be the most well-rounded fighter possible. Um, but, yeah, of course, when I have a specific opponent, things get tailored towards them. Is that something that's happened recently? Because I know early on in a pro career, it's still kind of like being an amateur in that regard, that there's not too much film out about either person. So you're, you're still just working towards your best uh, attributes instead of, kind of tailoring it to them. How long have you say it's been a point now in your career where you're starting to look at these guys? Um, I mean, I remember being an amateur and I overheard uh, John Jones talking about how he liked to, some of the techniques that he used for watching tape and breaking down opponents. And ever since then, it uh, not so much showed me the importance, but uh, gave me tools to do it better. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I got my opponent's last fight. I got his fight before last. Um, I know the time between both of them, so it gives me a good uh, idea of how fast he uh, grows. I know he was out of the state for a while, not really training too, too much. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I like to study my opponents a lot. Jack Duffy is the opponent. He's 4-0, first round. I don't know, actually. He has a hidden fight. <laughs> oh, there's a hidden fight. So I there's saw he fight. hadn't fought since 2017. When That's was his last lie. fight? That's a lie. His last fight was in October. Oh, oh, so there's one that we can't find anywhere. Uh, where did yes, you find this one? I actually found it. It's on. Uh, <laughs> it's streaming on Fight TV, F-I-T-E. Um, okay. I can't remember the exact show, but... Uh, I don't know. I got it. So, was it another first round finish? Because I, I saw four first round finishes so far. It, yeah, it was a first round finish. It was a first round finish. Um, the dude was zero and fourteen, but it was a first round finish. Yeah. Okay, so there's a, there's a little uh, all right bullet point there. Um, what have you thought of his game? What do you assess? Besides, you know, we don't want to hear your game plan. Obviously, don't give it away. But what do you yeah. see out of Jack? Um, it's actually very interesting, um, because, uh, I see certain similarities and then certain great differences between us. Uh, similarities are like, he started training when he was very young. I think he said like age nine, he did jujitsu, 12, he started kickboxing. So he started very young. Like I did, I started both of those at like 13. Um, and then, uh, we're pretty much like the exact same age we're both training at two of the top gyms on the planet um so it's interesting you know like we're we're very similar in certain ways but i feel like the ways that we are different is like i said about his last opponent being 0 and 14 he hasn't had the experience against super tough competition like motherfuckers who aren't just gonna give up in the first round <laughs> you know so and that's been pretty much my whole career is just tough fights uh really tough opponents 
people who are dogs, bro, you know? So I'm just, uh, I'm used to a different level of competition than he is. So you looked right at that and saw strength of schedule. That's in your favor. You fought tougher, more well-rounded competitors is what you've seen. Yeah, I've been in insane situations and fights with some really good fighters. And he just hasn't been pushed like that. And it's not his fault. It's just he hasn't fought the best opposition. But you get to a point where you're 5-0 and fighting not the best people. And then you have to fight somebody good. And maybe he thinks because of my record that I'm not that. But that is what he's getting. So it'll be interesting to see how he responds to that. Do you feel like that some of the early L's that you took is now like a stigma that you almost have to fight against? It is what it is. I lost those fights. You know what I mean? I wasn't mentally prepared at the time. I wasn't physically, whatever the case may have been. Um, but I lost those fights. Now I'm here. I'm ready to win. You talked about you talked about maturity and growth, but but we can hear it and see it. You you're displaying it. it. It's very mature answers that you're giving towards these situations and and how you've let them go. How much work was it just on your own? This mindset to get to this place. It's, it's been an incredible amount of work, but like I said earlier, like life is the thing that's going to put you in tougher situations than any cage fight. I only got to fight one person in this cage. You know what I'm saying? Like I've been in entirely tougher situations in life. So that's really what's been giving me my perspective on all these things. You know what I mean? It shows me how important or not important everything is. You know, I feel like I have a very good perspective on things right now. You can go downstairs hit the bag anytime. Uh, I'm yep. pretty sure there's not an hour of the night that you haven't been down there since you've lived there, right? All hours, yeah. Uh-huh, I've done, yeah. We get it in over here anytime. <laughs> so what was that like for you when you when you first made that move from your own place to living in the dorm? Uh, what was that initial adjustment? Was it almost like, kind of like, being like at a mcdonald's play like oh i get to go down here and do this when i want uh yeah yeah so that was that was a great part uh i say the biggest shock to me when i first moved in uh last july i believe was uh was like waking up um doing your little morning routine and then walking 20 feet and then going and putting some high level work in you know what I mean? Like, uh, I'd say that was the biggest shock to me because I would feel at the beginning, I would feel very like mentally, like I got to get into it. You know what I'm saying? I got to mentally get warmed up. But at this point, I feel like I could wake up at 4 a.m. and put in some high level rounds right off the bat. That's just where my mind's at. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like I said, with how all my subconscious influences are leading me towards my goal, like everything is leading me towards being a ninja assassin. Man, you're talking about being a ninja assassin, and I want to ask you if it's strange having 40 no roommates that you know by name. <laughs> 40, yeah, no. Well, thankfully, they're not all in my room. Uh, I got like a fucking, I got a decent sized little room right here. It's, uh, I have a couple roommates, but <laughs> no, it's cool though. And honestly, for me, uh, it's good for me to get social and stuff and hang out with all these people and like kind of be forced to talk to people. Because I feel like that's really healthy for me. 
Dude, he sounds in a great place. He's out there ready to rock. So for you, I'm figuring it's more about performance. It's more about what you get in there and do and just how you handle the week instead of any motivation towards, ooh, there's another title on the line. Yeah, that's all it is. That's a, You hit it right on the head, bro. Because all that stuff is extra. It really is. Like the title, the the people telling you good job, you know what I'm saying? Like, all of that is that, like, I feel like a champion. And I want to tell myself good job after this fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is this is my destiny, and I need to fulfill it. Well, so I hope you don't get I'm down on bro. yourself. <laughs> I'm like, I hope you don't get down on yourself. Because every time I see you, I want to be like, good job, bro. Because, shit, you're amazing. <laughs> Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Um yeah, there you can get lost in the sauce very easily in this sport. And I've done that before. So it's like I I don't want to be affected by praise or criticism too heavily. How surprising was that to you from this exuberant wide-eyed kid that was having fun in martial arts to all of a sudden those outside shit started affecting you? How surprising was all that? I mean... It's just part of the process, I guess. Like I, like I said, I literally grew up competing and fighting, and y'all have seen the whole thing basically since I was a little kid. So it's like, uh, I just love this shit so much, dude. And it's like, life is hard, bro. Life is going to be really hard, and you're going to have circumstances that are going to make you want to uh, not keep going forward. But at the end of the day, bro, you got to sit down with your soul, know what's important to you, and uh, get working on it expeditiously. Now, I want to bring up also a guy that's going to be in your corner this weekend. He's a legend in the game. He's a legend in the gym, been doing it for years. Joey Villasenor, what is it like getting knowledge from that man? Joey's the man, bro, because anything in this sport that can happen, he's seen it, been a part of it. 40 pro fights, pride veteran, king of the cage champ. Like, if you know MMA before, like, the new UFC meta age, then he was a G. He was the guy. You know, he was one of the guys for sure. And uh, he gives me such good advice. He's uh, he's very uh, intuitive, so he knows what to say, when to say it. Um, he's a great coach. I love having him. We were actually uh, working on that spinning back fist, not like especially working on it, but like we were hitting it in the back and then that's just what flowed perfectly in the fight. Has that happened to you often? Because I, I, I tend to see and hear it now more often in media. Guys are like, you know, we were just drilling that defense or we were just working that choke and then the situation pops up. Do you feel like that does yeah. happen more often than not? Yeah, well... um, the way that I felt about it and the way that me and Joey talked about it after the fight was um, all of our weapons are lethal. We train so that every technique at its full effect can put somebody down. So that that's just what it was. You know what I'm saying? We work on everything so that it's lethal. And then eventually the opportunity is going to arise for one of these moves and it's going to be lethal. And then we're going to be like, I told you so type shit, you know? 
And you mentioned growing up, as we said, we've seen you grow up and we just brought up Joey and you've seen Joey go from a veteran fighter to a lead coach. You've seen so many changes also in the gym. Have you, you know, taken some stock of just overall the growth and development of everything that you've been involved with? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's almost, it's interesting because life is almost unrecognizable compared to how it used to be. Um, there are very much, there are some similarities. Of course, I'm going to do martial arts until the day that I die. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I got there. I got to Jackson Wink when I was 17. We were at the old location at Acoma. Uh, we had all the OG crew of killers in there. We had a bunch of Russian assassins. It was crazy at the time. Yeah. And now uh, we moved into a much bigger location. Uh, the gym has expanded and changed in a bunch of different ways. Um, it's very interesting. Yeah. I'm glad to be a part of it because I, this really is a unique position. Like not a lot of people have been at this gym long enough to see these all these changes. And I have written down asking you about how your game has developed, how it's changed. But it sounds like this is all a lot of mental. And on the physical edge, it's just probably been refining your techniques and making things tighter, crisper. Yeah, for sure. Um, fighting is like 90% mental. So, yeah, a lot of my focus is on that and staying on top of my shit in tune. And uh, But, yeah, I mean, of course, I'm building new uh new sequences new strategies new techniques new uh reactions responses yeah i'm always i'm trying to get better bro i'm trying to like i dedicate my life to this bro i'm trying to be the best and for somebody that we know lo loves to spin the tornado nickname uh when there's a full class there and it's sparring day how much are you dialing it back because you just don't have the space needed to get off some of your crazy techniques <laughs> no i mean uh that's actually something that i've been working on too is uh <laughs> not dialing it back so much yeah because uh i don't know we train how we fight and so i want to train all my techniques at full efficiency full power not while i'm sparring like i'm not trying to spinning hook kick people as hard as i can you know what i'm saying but but i will place the shots you know what i'm saying i feel like i'm very controlled so i'm good at like pulling strikes if they get dangerously close and stuff like that um so yeah i mean i have to dial it back a little bit of course because it's like i care about my training partners but at the same time um you can't be too nice because this is a tough sport and we have to get the real work in now who have you felt has been the most beneficial uh, sparring partners that we should recognize from this camp oh man let me shout out the gang real quick bro uh, <laughs> so my main training partners for this one in my last camp were, uh, first of all, John Dawson, y'all already know him, you know, um, that's my dog. Shout out to John. Love you, bro. And then, uh, we got Cole Griego. He's been one of my homies since we were like 14 years old and, um, we're still going strong. He's still learning, getting better. I'm still learning, getting better. I love the growth. And then we got uh, Butters, Butterbean, uh, Jordan Burkholder. Uh, his real name is Butters. But uh, 
he's a great wrestler. He's been a great addition to my camp since he's been here. He's a dog. He works his ass off every single day. It's inspiring. And then we got Nick Jelai, Muay Thai Nick. Um, he's one of the most technical flyweights that we have, period. Point blank, period. Yeah, he's such a technical Muay Thai fighter. Um, also a good wrestler, and he's getting better at grappling and all that, you know. But uh, amazing Muay Thai. And then we got Lydia. Lydia, like my little sister. Um, me and her constantly motivating each other, putting in work inside, outside the gym. Uh, we got a really good little squad going on. And uh, we all motivate each other. We all keep each other on point. It's beautiful. Sounds like it's been a great camp, a beautiful thing going on over there. You're feeling great, looking great, and I'm sure ready to perform great. But what are your expectations for Sunday? Win, dominate, do damage, a whole lot of damage. He's Jesse Tafoya, the Tornado. Sir, any other projects, uh, merchandise that people should pick up, anything that they should know, social media, stuff like that? Shout out my sponsors, Warrior CBD and Gertrude De La Cruz. Boom. Um, no, nothing else, really. Uh, yeah, that's basically all I want to say. And on one last topic, because it can't all be fighting. I I'm sure there's like 30 minutes a day where you lay there. Is there any anime cartoons, anything new that you're watching? Oh, let me talk about it real quick. Okay. <laughs> see, see, I knew I could get you to talk some more. So one of my favorite animes ever is, uh, oh, man, I don't even know how I feel the beans. Okay, whatever. There's this anime called Toriko, right? T-O-R-I-K-O. -O. That shit is sick, bro. I'm re-watching it again, actually. I watched it a few years ago, but I like it. I think it was from the makers of Dragon Ball Z. Um, that's a good one. Uh, I saw this movie. My friends showed me this movie called Your Name. That is insane. That was a whole experience, not even a movie. Uh, what else? I play Fortnite. Uh, I make eight-year-olds cry at 2 a.m. You know what I'm saying? I'm a demon on Fortnite, bro. Let me add them. See, I knew there was more to it than just martial arts. I knew you had to have some fun in the day. It's been great getting to <laughs> well, talk to you and catch up, bro. Martial arts is fun, but yeah, this is, yeah, this is a little, like, I need some kind of slight distraction for, like, at least, like, half an hour a day. Right, everybody's got to have just that release. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, man. <laughs> Sunday, fight, pass, main event. You're going to see that face. Jesse Tafoya, thank you for the time, sir. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you, bro. It was great talking to you. Always.